0: AR and VR, with Robohub, the podcast for news and views on robotics. Hi and welcome to the latest episode from the Robohub podcast team. On today's episode, we will hear about Zarpie Labs, a simulation and visualization company based in Bangalore, India. Their CEO, Murali Arikara, spoke with our interviewer Lauren at last year's IEEE International Conference on Robot and Human Interactive Communication. They discussed how Zarpie Labs' augmented and virtual reality experiences are redefining how consumers interact with new products and spaces.
1: Hello and welcome to RoboHub. May I ask you to introduce yourself?
2: Sure. Um, My name is Murli Arikara, and I'm the CEO of Zarpi Labs, which is a company based out of uh, Bangalore. Uh, We focus on visualization and simulation, and we believe uh, technology is something that uh, can enable better living people, and that's basically how we look at different aspects or different technologies that we bring under our umbrella. Zarpy Labs as a company is a wholly owned subsidiary for a bigger family-owned conglomerate called Achani Group uh, who have been in business for about 80 years in India. Um, the last 60 years, their major um, activity has been in the automotive industry where they are India's largest spring manufacturer. So They make springs for every aspect of a vehicle, so if you've been in a vehicle in India, I'm sure there's about 20 or 30 different products and parts that are part of the day. Um, the company decided a few years back to diversify into other areas, and uh, one of the areas they diversified, uh, diversified into was real estate, so developing really high-end um, residential and commercial buildings, and as they started getting into that business, they realized that the future um people in terms of living uh, is something that they, they didn't want to just build a building and provide uh, space for people. They wanted to see how they could actually improve their lives, and what they could do to improve their lives. And that's where um, the business started exploring uh, other areas of technology. And that's basically from where we've looked and said, this is where we would like to do awesome. And
1: specifically, you guys look at augmented reality
2: and virtual reality solutions so how did that come out of your previous business focus Great, so good question so um the business itself uh, in uh, as you know india is growing fairly rapidly and the rate of urbanization is pretty rapid too um what used to be plants we had about 11 plants across india most of them used to be outskirts of cities and being a business that's been about 60 years old, a lot of those uh, <coughs> plants which were outskirts of cities are now actually part of the core city or close to the central business district. And the business decided at some point that um, we we need to move out of the central business district and go to a more industrial areas. So we moved out, and properties that were there, um, business looked at... what they could do with it and uh, real estate development was something that they uh, saw had a big return uh, on that uh, investment that asset they had and so the business got into real estate uh, into the real estate development business <clears throat> what they realized is the very first project they did was one where um, they were building extremely high end uh, residential uh, apartments uh, each apartment selling for about uh, between half a million to a million dollars Uh, so for a new entrant into the space coming in and saying we're going to build these apartments uh, was a unique challenge because in India what you do is when you launch a project even before you break ground you try to see if there's a there's traction among customers and traction comes by getting people to book um, these spaces even before uh, work starts Uh, It was very difficult initially to imagine how you could convince people for a new entrant who's been in the automotive space to project a really high-end building because the buyers, when they buy at that level, are a lot more discerning in terms of what they want to get and what they want to see. And that's when we actually looked at uh, virtual reality uh, and augmented reality as a solution to help provide each one of the customers a vision which is close to you of what these spaces are going to be and how these spaces are going to be, uh, how they could interact with these spaces. And that's where we started our journey into uh, virtual reality and augmented reality, so what I call visualization simulation. <clears throat> when we started, it was very focused on real estate business and that too it was an internal program. Uh, last year, we decided you know what, we've developed some unique solutions, so we need to not just be internally focused, but we need to start looking at uh, a bigger picture where we felt that the solutions and the technology we developed had benefit to a lot of people. When we looked at it, we, we believed and we realized that what we are really doing is offering people an opportunity to look, understand and make decisions themselves. And allow them to actually see a lot of things as close to reality as they could get. And that's where it became, uh, that's where zarpie Labs actually came came into being.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about the experience? What is it like when you step inside one of the buildings that you guys are trying to visualize for a potential customer? What is that experience like for the user? So,
2: I, I mean, you have to experience to realize it, but. Uh, the simplest way I could talk about it is I, I had never ever gone into the building or I'd never, I'd never seen the place because it was still under construction but the entire um, project was visualized in VR and I'd been in looking at that experience so long that when I actually went there I felt like I knew everything and I knew where things were and uh, I I quickly realized that The difference between what was real and what we had shown was not discernible, at least to my eye. I'm sure uh, if you had someone who who had a very keen eye, they would have found found some differences. But the point is, most of our customers realized that what we showed them in the visualization with VR was almost identical to what we had delivered. Uh, Other interesting thing was the value that it gave for the... For our business was once we developed this VR simulation, uh, within 15 days we actually were able to close 15 people, 15 people had booked, uh, these apartments and in another week we had another 15 bookings. So it kind of validated A, the approach, uh, it validated for the business the, the concept that they had put together in terms of real estate. So it allowed people to make decisions, it allowed Then I say people to make the business to make the decision to say this is a great project because we're seeing traction. It allowed the customers to make a decision, saying, "You know what? I see what this can be and where it can get me to. I I like what I see. That's that's the important part of it because it's important to show people what exactly you're providing because it's very easy to show a brochure of a of a project and you see see it from one angle or from one, one aspect of it, but then you actually have the ability to actually explore and move around and feel like you're actually in the space.
1: And while a user is exploring, I imagine an important part of looking at a new home or a new office is being able to see all the different parts of that structure. So how is the user able to explore different rooms or different floors of a building and what is that interaction like for the person?
2: So the, the, the way it was designed was right from the get go, we realized that there are certain objectives we needed to meet. So we and we also realized that the technology itself was fairly new. And while we were able to build an experience there was a lot of hardware that was still fairly new in its nascent in its development. Um, So we had to look through and work through that and create an architecture which allowed it to be fairly simple, fairly easy for someone to walk in and actually experience it like they were coming into the space.
1: Right, but there are some limitations because there might be physical objects in their way while they're exploring this virtual reality.
2: Sure. So what we did was, again, that's where the interfaces or the interaction part of it becomes very important is how do we do that? And so the team, I mean, there's nothing new. The team explored the possibilities and came out with techniques which allowed people to, you could say, teleport themselves from one location to the other uh, by some fairly simple user interfaces that we created. And that, I think, in, a, in many ways, allowed them to feel like they were part of it. Uh, there were two sides of it. There's one where it was an automatic guided tour which just moved them from location to location and allowed them to explore once they reached that location. And there was some where we said, if you're interested, you can explore it yourself and walk through the experience. We we always had someone available to help them and guide them, when they were having some technical challenges. But what we found was very quickly, people actually got it. It just is the initial experience of going through one or two initial interactions, and once they were there, it became... Intuitive for them.
1: So people prefer to explore themselves.
2: Yes. So they they would like they wanted to um, explore certain aspects because each customer has a different perspective of what they're looking for. So they were <clears throat> they wanted it to be they didn't, for most people they didn't want it to be a sales store where someone guided them through and said okay I'll take you because everyone felt like <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm getting. The entire experience. So when you allowed them to look through and work through it, uh, it, it didn't take them too long. And I think the decision to buy or not buy happened within the first few minutes. After that, it was more of I'm enjoying. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm enjoying this experience, so I'd love to continue on and see what else it can do. So I think it, it helped in many ways. So in many ways, uh, from a in an Indian context. Uh, what we did was probably ahead of almost anybody else in this space who, who's using, or who's currently using virtual, virtual reality.
1: And then a part of your business is also augmented reality. But again, for exploring a certain product or a certain museum artifact, can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like?
2: Sure. So I think both both virtual reality and augmented reality are different ways in which Uh, you're helping people visualize and experience things. Uh, Where we found augmented reality was helpful, especially when we wanted to help people with kind of training them or coaching them on different aspects and explaining uh, how different objects work or different equipment work. And what we realized was augmented reality provided us a, a really good capability in doing that and which allowed the person to interact with equipment in their environment so you could actually be like you and I are sitting here I could actually talk, uh, if I wanted to explain a particular product to you I could use augmented reality to actually demonstrate as if it was sitting in front of you and I could interact with that device and, and actually show you the different aspects of it so whether it's me teaching you how to how this works or whether it's a self-guided uh, tour uh, I think both ways uh, it became something which was very very helpful for them and what we realized is our first one of our first projects was to work with the museum to help them uh, demonstrate some of the old gramophones but then very quickly we started getting customers who were looking to help train their uh, service technicians so for example if uh, uh, a company that sold white goods let's say an air conditioner wanted their technician to go install the air conditioner at a site or there was an air conditioner at a site which had a problem Uh, they could actually use this augmented reality to scan the product it would tell them which product which model and then it would open the product up and tell them exactly what are the things they needed to do when they were on site to test it or check it or if there was an issue, they could actually interact with the device and it would give them here are the possible solutions, here are possible reasons why this is there's a problem and this is how you could actually fix it. And so it gave them those instructions. So it, it allowed a new technician to come on site uh, and very quickly address issues versus trying to send and they could always interact with a expert or subject matter expert in back in in a, in a remote location could guide them through and say, this is what you should do through the device.
1: So the augmented reality solution helps people to visualize the tasks that they're coming into so that even if you have multiple people working on the same job, they're able to have this shared vision of what's going on, which is really helping the communication process between these individuals.
2: And, and uh, if you look at a country like India, where
1: which is growing fairly
2: quickly, and uh, you can see the, the, uh, the people willing to buy more gadgets, more uh, more products, uh, one of the challenges is to have enough service technicians who are trained well in this area. And this is a method or uh, a means by which you can quickly get people up to speed, both initially uh, at their facility, facility where they're training them and once they're in the field, when they experience something u- new or unique which they hadn't experienced, so it gives them an, a method and ability to quickly interact and get all the information as opposed to carrying a big, thick repair manual with them and then trying to open up to the page and trying to figure out where the issue where, where the challenge was. So this has provided a method for them to actually very quickly, intuitively reach and address the specific problems.
1: And do you see this helping to standardize installation or technician processes across a broader area because they're able to, companies might be able to communicate better to technicians what the task at hand involves and what types of issues might arise?
2: Definitely. I think the key part in all these is not necessarily to get someone to be an expert in a very specific product, but it's for them to get expertise in the process, which then allows them, irrespective of what product...
1: Irrespective of language barriers, too, I would assume.
2: Correct. So irrespective of language barriers, irrespective of what product, once they understand the process, then it becomes easy for them to adapt uh, each time to a new product. So for a company that's planning to come out with a new model of a product or or a new device... It doesn't take as long to train a person and get them to be effective in the field. Uh, Once they know the process, then they understand, I have something, I have a tool which allows me to quickly uh, gain that knowledge and make sure from a standardization standpoint, the tool drives a lot of standardization. So from a customer standpoint, what it does is it makes the customer uh, confident that whoever comes in knows or is has the, the feeling is more of saying that I do have a subject matter expert. So the subject matter expert may be a remote site, but he or she can interact with the technician, actually deliver the same service as if there was a subject matter expert in your in your location.
1: And this interaction happens with a tablet as opposed to a headset, whereas the virtual reality interaction was happening with a headset. Can you explain the thought process behind these two different modalities?
2: So so the headset is something where it actually puts you in into the environment and it cuts out um, the environment you are sitting in. Um, the augmented reality actually puts the element into the environment you are in. So they are slightly different but I mean, if someone asks, can you make all these things work together? There's, there's certain boundaries where it blur, they blur. But my, the way I would look at it is, when you want someone to go into an environment and forget the environment they are in, virtual reality is great. When you want someone to actually interact with a, with a, a product or a device that in the environment you want, you're in right now, and I think augmented reality has, has a lot of benefit. Now we use the tablet as a simple way to look at this, but there are augmented reality, headsets, glasses, so on and so forth. So there's, I mean, it's just a, the methodology is more of what is the interaction device that you have with you, and what makes it easier for you to provide that experience. Um, I think the area, the, the spe- specific hardware and a lot of uh, content right now is also growing, and we you, will start seeing a lot of these things also coming up with newer models of how, how you start interacting with it. So it won't be too long when you might see a hologram come up uh, and instead of having a tablet or a device you could have a table of a hologram that gets projected up and you start interacting with it. Much like I would say Star Wars or something else you, you, you'd be able to do something like that. I, I know holograms are, are around and people use them right now but uh, it makes it a lot more interactive too. Uh, and the key part is where currently to do something like that, have a hologram. It's a fairly expensive uh, proposition. But as <clears throat> technology is improving and as usage is increasing, um, I'm sure these things will come down. and It will become much more reasonable for a lot of people to afford and use these systems.
1: And can you tell us which of these future directions you and Sarv Labs are most excited about exploring next?
2: So I think uh, we are here at this conference, and it's a conference on robotics and human-robotics interaction. And going back to what I said, uh, what we are focusing on is uh, enabling better living through technology. So robotics is something that we feel uh, very excited about. Uh, that's an area we are now getting into <clears throat> we we are working with a few organizations and developing that and we feel that our experience with uh, what we're doing with uh, virtual reality augmented reality uh, visualization simulations, and uh, come together along with robotics to help us actually design better products uh, for different applications again going back to the same core theme of uh, improving or. Uh, better living through technology
1: so how would the augmented or virtual reality technology and robotic technology come together in one of your experiences or products
2: so I think uh, the, <coughs> the range is pretty large <coughs> pretty wide abroad uh, but the best way for me to explain it is uh, whether it's robotics or whether it's a headset or whether it's a screen. These are all methods in which we are interacting with a set of data that sits. Mm -hmm. So when I have data um, that I want to communicate uh, through a headset, then I could have a virtual robot interacting with me. Or if I were to do it through a tablet or through a flat screen, I could have a virtual avatar of the robot interacting with When I'm in the same physical space as the robot, then I'm, I would be interacting with the robot. So we see uh, a lot of applications uh, where, you know what, in, in, in the old days, I mean, our interfaces have been changing on how we interact with data. We started with paper, uh, people giving us newspapers or papers and reading those papers. Then we went from that to computers. Then we've gone from that to our mobile phones. And now we're looking at the next generation of interaction where we're going from that to our headsets, virtual reality, and more towards robots because I think from a social standpoint, a lot of people have talked about the fact that um, the more people start interacting with headsets and Uh, and uh, mobile devices they're actually cutting away a lot of the social interaction and and people are actually children are actually beginning to lose the ability to actually interact socially with people and robotics then gives us that ability to preserve or in some cases as you know help uh, drive certain things which actually encourage and help and teach uh, children and people to interact socially better with others so that's, that's how we
1: look. And augmented reality and virtual reality is becoming such a big field right now. What advice would you have to a young person interested in technology, a student interested in augmented reality to help get into this field?
2: So I think rather than trying to tell them uh, how to get into the field, because I think uh, information is around and people do get But what I want to point out is the fact that this is a pretty interesting and exciting area to be in, and it's actually redefining how uh, people are able to make decisions. i give you an example. Uh, In the old days, you used to get catalogs of products. And I remember clearly as a kid, uh, or not as a kid, uh, growing up, uh, we would look at products and catalogs and we'd look and say, oh, that looks so great. And you have a vision, though there's measurements and everything written down on it, when you see the image, you feel like, okay, this thing's probably going to be this big. And then you look at the price, you order the product. And then it comes in and you say, oh, this, it looked a lot bigger than I saw it on the catalog. It looked something different. It doesn't look the same, but now with augmented reality, you have the ability to actually place that picture and visualize what that device or that product will look in the environment you would like to put it into. So what it's doing is helping you make a decision. And as you see on one side, you're seeing data analytics. uh, How data analytics has actually helped a lot of companies figure out what the challenges were, how they can improve their operations. And and actually get to see and be aware of what's happening. We're taking this to the next level as well. How do you visualize that data? And how can you create, how can you look at different options and come with decisions that allow you to be a lot more efficient in taking things forward? Well. And that's where we see, that's why we, we are excited about this space. I mean, there's huge applications in this. I mean, another example if I were to give you would be something to do with, uh, in the medical space. Uh, <clears throat> living donor liver transplants are pretty complicated procedures. Uh, a living donor liver transplant could sometimes take up to 10 to 12 hours in terms of the surgery. The reasons why you, you get these challenges are because A, um, you only realize some of the challenges once you actually open or cut open the body and that's when you realize what the challenge is. There are ways, uh, techniques in today where you can actually use some of your scans that they use in the medical space and to recreate the whole organ and the things that are around it in a 3D model. And then a doctor can actually practice the angle of attack and practice how they need to approach the surgery. Whatever they decide on can actually be then captured digitally and you could actually create a 3D printed stencil which allows the doctor, when he, when he or she operates to actually use a stencil to cut. Um, and then the other challenge that happens is usually the donor and the recipient may have different organ sizes, different artery sizes, different duct sizes, and they sometimes don't realize that till the operation starts. And once it starts, then they have to figure out where they could harvest something to help couple these two. A lot of those things can be avoided by actually doing these exercises where you scan, you convert it into a 3D model, actually practice how the surgery goes in a virtual space before you actually get into actually do it, doing it. So what it does is the ability with this kind of an approach, we have the ability to cut down a 12-hour operation probably down to about an hour and a half to two hours. So why is that important? Yes, yeah, It's a lot shorter operation, but the key thing is that a number of these operations have failed uh, because of surgical site infection, and, and they're not successful because surgical. So the longer the body stays open, the higher the probability of the infection. So if you can cut down that time, then the probability of infection reduces. The second thing is, the recovery time for the patient gets a lot shorter. And from a hospital standpoint. It allows them to actually utilize their facilities a lot better. So, from an economic standpoint, it improves their economics. From a utilization of facilities standpoint, allows And from a planning standpoint, it improves things because what it does is tells them before the surgery what is needed and how they need to go through. So, I'm sure that it may not be a hundred percent, but if you can go up from a seventy to eighty percent to a 95 percent. I'm sure that has a huge benefit.
1: So that visualization is really key to enabling efficiency, both in looking at products from a customer standpoint and also safety-critical operations in a medical standpoint. Definitely.
2: So I think I can keep rolling out case studies like this, and that's what excites me, is the fact that you're now in a place where you're able to get a lot of information and you're able to plan better so that when you're actually in that particular situation you're able to be much more effective and more prepared to deal with, it, with the challenge that sets the same thing could, I could go in and talk about if we were to look at virtual reality in a more interactive way saying um, if I were to look at it from a homeland security standpoint we could look at it as something where you could actually create a situation for a team of five or six to go into a hostage rescue scenario or if you were to talk about um, what happened in Afghanistan or in Pakistan where they went to, uh, they found Osama bin Laden. I'm sure that team could have trained uh, they went through a certain training process where they actually physically built a lot of what it, what the space looked like and practice within that. I think with virtual reality that could be done much faster and there are a lot of things you could add with it where you could actually have sensors put on the people participating in it to understand what their stress levels are, what happens create a lot of interactive scenarios for them so they get real a lot of practice before they actually get into operations and what it also does is because in these when you have physical practices going on there's a lot of cost involved in terms of you know, different if you're, if you're practicing out to shoot. What you're shooting and all those things add to cost. This is something that allows you to use those costs. So I can give you, I can keep providing examples. And so I, I think this is an area in my mind um, where I think applications are large. Um, or, or there's quite a few applications that can give you a lot of case studies. I think where technology today is, is kind of getting these products and technologies to match. And make them much more easier to use. And that's kind of the limitation for
1: Great. Well thank you so much for your insight into the application space and for explaining Zarpi's role within that space. And thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you,
0: Lauren. that's the end of today's episode we look forward to bringing you more to explore at robohub.org forward slash podcast and if you're enjoying our content please consider supporting our team by becoming a patron for just a few dollars a month the price of a cup of coffee you can support the podcast team so that we can continue to bring you the latest news and views on robotics you can find out more about our patreon campaign at robohub.org forward slash podcast We'll see you again in two weeks' time. Until then, goodbye. AR and VR with Robohub, the podcast for news and views on robotics.